such a rise of like niche advent calendars. Oh, what advent calendars have you seen? There was, I saw like a Harry Potter Funko Pop one or something like that. There's definitely like a Marvel Funko Pop one. Um, they're like mini. They're kind of cute because I kind of find like the mini pops cute, but as you know, not the real life pop so much. So is every day of this calendar another pop? Yes, like another tiny pop. Oh no. I know. That's how I felt about the situation. Um, I don't like the ones that give you little toys because what are you supposed to do with these? But the ones that obviously give you chocolate, a classic for our time. And there is one that Cost Plus World Market sells that gives you marzipan. Oh. I know. I might get that one. I know there's like a Haribo one, like a Dylan's candy bar one. Like there are like fancy chocolate ones. Like Trader Joe's has them for like very cheap, like a dollar advent calendars. I mean, you do know that like half my joy is like opening something. Yes, I was going to say, even the like this mini Funko Pop situation, I feel would be delightful in the moment, but not immediately after. Yes, exactly. Like in the moment, I would be like, ooh, what did I get? And then like, I would forget about it five minutes later. Anyway, I like, I was thinking about this because I've gotten a lot of ads for advent calendars on like Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, this does speak to me, but how much do I want this? But I kind of want the marzipan one. Are they different shaped marzipans or just? I have no idea. Okay. I don't have more. I mean, maybe you should buy one and find out. Well, but then I can't open it until December 1st. Okay. Rule follower. <laughs> but then I don't get the joy of counting down to Christmas if I don't follow the rules. These are not for you. Well, I feel like my advent calendar situation would probably be one where I would be good for the first like two days and then I would forget about the advent calendar. And then on like the 17th, I'd be like, ooh, so many days to open. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's sometimes me as well. It's like everything that you resolve to do daily. How many of those stick? That's true. So, welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And today we're talking about Last Christmas, which we just saw. Like a hot second ago, saw, came home to record. You may have seen our Instagram post about the empty theater in which we viewed this movie. Certainly one of my friends saw this Instagram post and texted me, let me know how this movie is and whether I should go see it because I've heard mixed reviews. Mm. I'm surprised that the reviews were mixed because that suggests that there were both good and bad reviews. Yes. So first off, let's put out a blanket statement. Spoilers for last Christmas. If you do not want to know the twist for last Christmas, stop listening. Save this for after you viewed last Christmas. Indeed, because I am about to share the plot. Shall I share the plot? Yes, please. Amelia Clark is a truly horrible person. She is deeply inconsiderate to literally everyone in her life, from her boss Michelle Yeoh to her family to her friends, whose homes she keeps crashing at and ruining. This is somehow justified by her having been sick at some point in the recent past. She had a heart transplant and a civility transplant, apparently. (laughs) One day, she meets Henry Golding, or as we decided to call him, Manic Pixie Henry Golding. He's kind, he's patient, he's fun. He teaches her to be a better person. He rides around on a bicycle and has no cell phone. Apparently he keeps it in a cupboard. He's also really into looking up. Like he keeps telling her to look up. Like I I assume this was just like him wanting her to engage more with the world, but it wasn't the best advice, okay? Enjoy life, Amelia Clark. Drink less. I mean, she should. 
Anyway, under his influence, and possibly also just because she's, like, finally hit rock bottom, Amelia Clark, like, gets her life together and starts doing good at the local homeless shelter. She starts to drink less and makes amends with everyone she's wronged, which is, you know, everyone she knows. Um, she uses her former singing talents to, like, put together a Christmas show at this homeless shelter. Things are going well. The one pall upon her life is that she cannot get a hold on a regular basis of her boyfriend, Manic Pixie Henry Golding, because he doesn't have a cell phone. Or possibly because he's dead. So, obviously the twist to this film is that he's the person she got her transplanted heart from, and he's just a hallucination, blah 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 blah, like, there to guide her or whatever. It's a literal take on the, the <laughs> lyrics from Last Christmas. <laughs> she, like, goes back to the apartment that she thought was his and discovers that it's, like, an empty place that's for sale, and, like, realizes what it's all about, but... The nuttiest thing about this, I must say, oh yeah, that's the end, the end, the plot is over. The nuttiest thing about this, though, is that we discovered that alive Henry Golding also literally kept his phone in the cupboard. Yes, that's Like, true. that wasn't a bit because he was a ghost. Like, they literally find a cell phone in the cupboard, which also begs the question of why his family wouldn't have his phone, but okay. Anyway, I was like... You are lucky that he died and was never your actual boyfriend because that would be so unbelievably annoying. Yes, and I also would like to say that his catchphrase of, like, look up probably caused him to die because he's always, like, <laughs> just, like, jauntily going around London on his bike and, like, you know, when you're biking and looking up, you're going to get killed, which he did. Indeed, he was hit by a bus. <laughs> and luckily for Amelia Clark, that was when she was, like dying or whatever yeah so anyway that is the film i gotta say that the specific genre of heart donor films is not for me this it's... film <laughs> go on go on this film so i think i actually enjoyed it a smidge more than you did like i wasn't like deathly bored i guess but it wasn't great and then when you sit through two hours of this and at the end you're like well he was dead along which i had guessed pretty pretty early um slash thought like he was i had thought he was dead since like i had viewed the trailer months ago yes you completely called it and then in the moment you called it again I just feel so cheated when I see movies like this because I'm like, why would I choose to invest at all emotionally? I mean, if I did invest emotionally, I didn't really. Um, then, like, I would feel so cheated by the end of this. He's actually dead. She cannot have a relationship with a ghost. I mean, in some movies you can, but in this one, that's not the shtick. Oh my god, that's so true. In some movies you can. Yes, death usually does not stop people in rom-coms. Like, it's just like a, a slight complication. <laughs> here's the thing in when she's like hanging out at the homeless shelter there is like a cute young guy that she's getting to know so i'm kind of hopeful that in the future she'll end up with him however how do you think that conversation goes because she's like talked to him about henry golding he's like oh yeah how's henry golding and she's like oh you know like i haven't been able to reach him do, like imagine that future conversation oh well it turns out he was just a hallucination you want to get coffee Yes, that does seem like it would be a red flag for that other man, right? Like, if if she was like, 
Mm, actually, I had fully hallucinated him. Uh, I have his heart, um, and we did cute things together, but it turns out I was just kissing nothing, and I broke into his apartment. <laughs> oh, God. But she did teach herself ice skating, which is neat. Indeed. I mean, it's remarkable that she taught herself in one trip to the rink. Well, she wasn't that great at it, but I was also surprised. I was going to ask you if that was at all possible. I think it depends. I think some people are naturally more physically adept. It certainly was not possible for me. (laughs) But I will say on the topic of ice skating that I am horrified by the number of movies we've watched where people like break into an ice rink and then flee with their skates still on. Oh, is that really poor? Well, it's just not not great for the skates, doesn't seem safe. I understand why this might happen, particularly if they're not your skates and you don't care. But I was just like, this is at least the second time I've watched this happen in a film and been like, ugh. To be fair, I will say that these people in these films who are doing this are really not as concerned about the health of their skates as perhaps you. <laughs> To be fair, I was also like, where did they get these skates? Did Henry Golding just have them? Did Amelia Clark just have skates? Doesn't seem like it since she had never set foot on the ice before this moment. It was weird because if you notice in the film, like after they flee the ice rink, they're sitting on a bench putting on their normal shoes and Henry Golding's like, oh, I gotta go. And he leaves and she like gets up and walks away holding not her, not just her ice skates, but also his ice skates. Where the fuck did she get these ice skates for her ghost boyfriend? Like, where did these come from? Did she break into an ice skate rental place? And steal two sets of skates? Yeah. like I have, Well, I usually, like, questions. at a rink you can rent skates. But, like, I would think that that section of the rink would be closed. Well, they broke into the ice rink, so I don't know if they have any, um like, like hang-ups about breaking into the rental area as well. Fair enough. Also, it seems to be like a just like a trend in rom-coms that people are always like breaking into sports arenas to like woo someone. Do you think that this would work on you? It would not work on me, obviously, but it might work on me. I don't know. Like, what are the circumstances of the break-in? Because as you know, I am somewhat rebellious, but only somewhat. I don't think I would engage in something that could cause me to be arrested. Right, right. Like, perhaps if he worked at this sports arena, although I cannot imagine a situation in which I would be with this person. Who worked at a sports arena? I mean, probably not. I'm just thinking of that scene in, like, What's Your Number when they I knew what you were thinking garden. Yeah. That one is, that one, I I like that scene quite a bit. Um, I was also going to say, like, it might speak to me more, like, if it were a sports arena in Boston. Also, like, is this person Chris Evans? Is this person Mary Louise Parker? Like, I think it would maybe depend on the person. That's true. If Mary Louise Parker broke into a sports arena for me, I would be like, hell yes, I'm into this situation. Not the sport, but you. (laughs) Like, it's like, what wouldn't be charming to me as performed by Mary Louise Parker? Exactly. No, you're 100% correct. In this case, I was like, perhaps you would be into this, like, Henry Golding breaking you into an ice rink situation specifically because you skate. But for me, I would be like, I can do nothing with this, but thank you. (laughs) You'd be like, thank you for bringing me to this place where I will injure myself. Exactly. But then again, I did injure myself and I wish to return to ice rinks. So who's to say? Yeah, no, fair, fair. But also, Henry Golding, let's just say, looks fantastic. He looked great. 
He looked great. I was sad he was a ghost the whole time, but we all knew this was coming because no one else saw him. <laughs> Let me also tell you that, so you watched this trailer like months ago. I didn't watch it until like last night and I was so bored watching the trailer, but also I was excruciatingly disappointed that he wasn't Michelle Yeoh's son again. I know. I thought that would have been really cute. Although if he were around like a regular human, he would probably be like, I don't know about this girl, because this is the thing. You knew he was dead because what like decent alive human would set their sights on Amelia Clark? Like she has a good face, but like as soon as you got to know her, the person she was at the beginning of this movie, would you not flee for your life? I mean, you should. I was like, what kind of complex does Henry Golding have that he is continuing to hang out with this train wreck that he met like yesterday? And then you were like, oh, because he's not a person. He's a guardian angel. Yeah, like he has to hang out with her because she needs him to help change her so she can like live for the both of them. Can't you just imagine up in like heaven or whatever? He's like, really? Like, can I? Let's, what if we just trade? Like, come on, Joe. Like, I'll take that alcoholic in the gutter. Oh, wait, that's basically what she is. I mean, I'm glad she gets it to like reform her ways, though, because soon she would have needed a liver transplant as well. Oh, no. She's honestly um, like... It gets better. Like, as she gets better, the movie gets better, like, a little. I also was not expecting this movie to be such a commentary on Brexit. Uh, yes, I was. It made me feel like I need to know a little bit more about the immigration situation in Britain than I do. Like, obviously, we know some stuff. However, it was also a little weird because a lot of the people being targeted by the hate of random people on, like, buses or whatever were white. And so yes, I was like, that, this is a different yeah. immigrant situation than ours, I guess. I actually wasn't sure because I know they have quite a few immigrants from Eastern Europe, but then they also have a lot of um, immigrants of color from other nations. So I was like, not really sure like who, I don't know, like who was bearing the brunt of these attacks, I guess. Yes, I didn't know whether this movie was, like, accurate or, like, too heavy-handed or maybe just felt uncomfortable uh, using people of color in that position. Yeah, I, I Is it a British sure. movie or an American movie? It's a British movie, I think. Okay, because everyone was British, but I was not sure. It might be, a, like, a British-American co-production. I have no idea. Okay. Um, I was, like, it's weird seeing... The beautiful, precious Emma Thompson play a foreigner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she I'm, did it well. I, I have no idea, actually. I spent, like, the... I spent every time she was on screen, like, mulling over whether or not this was actually offensive to people from that region. I know. I, like, didn't know how I felt about it. Like, there were moments where she was very funny, and I always liked to see her, but also in my brain, I'm so used to her being, like, peak British. yeah. It was very strange. Yes, and I was like, well, she has this accent and she's being a little bit, like, this seems a little bit maybe could be misconstrued as, like, stereotypical. And I just, like, wasn't sure, like, how offensive this was. I feel like in the U.S., I am not busy worrying about white people pretending to be Russian because, like, for example, because I'm always too busy worrying about white people pretending to be people of other races. But in this context, I was like, should you? I I don't know. And then obviously there's like that commentary and like the thought process behind like Amelia Clark being the child like of immigrants, which I really appreciated. I actually liked that background for her. But then I was like, well, she's white. Like she passes as English white. I liked um, 
the complexity that added to her relationship with her family and her yes. sister's relationship with her family. But I also found it a little bit weird because it's, I guess, like, they must have left Yugoslavia when they were pretty young because they don't have accents at all. I know, but she didn't look that young when she, at the flashback When she was, like, singing beginning. in the choir. I know. Yeah, she looked like nine or ten. And I mean, you can lose an accent at that age, especially girls. But I was just like, she seems fully assimilated. After this movie, though, I went onto Wikipedia because I was like kind of hopeful that it would be like so-and-so's Yugoslavian background led to this story. And I couldn't find anything, although admittedly, I didn't look very hard. But you know what I did not know is that Amelia Clark is like an eighth Indian or something like that. Oh, Really? Yes, I think it says like her grandmother was like half and half and like spent her whole life like trying to hide that and that there was like a whole thing. And yeah, I was like something I did not know about Daenerys. (laughs) I know that's actually very interesting. You know, Alex did her DNA test like a while ago and she's actually mostly Indian. Oh, not not mostly, but that's like the biggest chunk of her. Basically, it's like 30 percent or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I could see it. Well, South Africa. Yeah, yeah, such you a know. melting pot. So so um, much is happening. There were a large number of people of color in this film. After, upon watching this movie, you would not be like, mm, the UK has no one of color. Yes, I was like, Henry, obviously. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. These are major characters. And then Michelle Yeoh was arguably a bigger character than her family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michelle Yeoh was a pretty major character. She had almost as much screen time as like Henry Golding. You know, I feel I haven't explained who Michelle Yeoh is. Michelle Yeoh is the proprietor of the Christmas shop at which Amelia Clark works as an elf. And yes. she calls herself Santa. And the most beautiful thing we later discover is, A, of course, that's not her real name. But I thought maybe she was just one of those Chinese people who's chosen a terrible name for themselves, like Candy. Um... No, at every establishment at which she's worked, she's chosen a themed name. Like Muffin when she was at the bakery and Muff for short. That was horrible. Kitty when she was at the pet shop and Miso when she was at the health food store. It was kind of amazing. And it was kind of actually like a nice little touch about like assimilation and names and how specifically with a lot of Chinese people often that they um, will anglicize their names or pick English names uh, to make it easier on white people like me. Well, and even Amelia Clark had her name was Katerina, but she had she was like, I go by Kate now. Don't call me anything but Kate. She was like having a whole thing about it. Yeah. Um, But back to people of color for a second. Uh, There were several sets of patrons at the Christmas shop who were of color. The friends that Amelia Clark crashed with and then immediately got kicked out of their house because she's a horrible house guest were of color. Um, That other cute guy at the homeless shelter was of color. Uh, Many homeless people were of color. Her sister's girlfriend was of color. Some street fair people were of color. The realtor at the ghost apartment was of color. Other people on the street. It was great. It was as if the UK is in fact filled with people of color. Which it is. Thanks, movie, for accurately reflecting that. So there were, like, positives to this film, like, that um, a lot of her interactions with Michelle Yeoh were very funny. I enjoy Michelle Yeoh's romantic storyline. She has this kind of, like, sub, like, very, very mild, like, romantic subplot with this, like, German sauerkraut man. (laughs) Um, And they bond because they both just, like, love Christmas. Michelle Yeoh is going to sell him, like, a Christmas singing gibbon, um, which I covet. And... 
yeah, like I, I thought like that was good. I actually kind of liked some of the stuff with Amelia Clark and her family. Um, the only thing that was so not good about this film was the plot. <laughs> yes, it was as if somebody had been told as an assignment to write this storyline and they thought, what a horrible storyline. So they really phoned it in on the main story and then entertained themselves with everything on the side. Yeah, like I, so it's like hard for me to be like, like, was it like such like a achingly boring film that I would like choose to claw my eyes out? I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it again because the actual story was not good. But the like little jokes, like the characters, some of the character stuff, like some of their interactions, like were, were decent. Like it was, it was fine. I left this film speaking very not highly of it. However, upon organizing my notes, I was like, I wrote down a surprising number of funny lines, considering how bad this movie was. I will say, though, that neither of us realized that. Um, so Amelia Clark's sister in the film uh, turns out to have a girlfriend and she's like kind of ashamed of it and like not t like she hasn't told their parents. But Amelia Clark keeps like needling her about it to the point where she actually just outs her sister at a family dinner which was which horrible is not okay but i have to say that the whole time the the girlfriend's name is alba and i thought she was saying albert the whole time so i was really confused as to why albert couldn't come to dinner i was like is albert <laughs> really boring and it's like is she cheating on albert is it elba or alba alba i think it's alba because elba is an actual name elba is is elba not a name Oh, I didn't think, I didn't know if Elba was a name. I know Alba is a name. Interesting. I wrote down Elba with an E in my notes. Oh, I wrote oh, down no. Alba with an A. <laughs> well, that's still a mystery because she's not important enough to be listed in the cast of characters on Wikipedia. All right. We'll, well have to check IMDb later. Yes. So I, I enjoyed that little touch. And when that, when that reveal happened, when she like outed her sister, I was like, I was like, oh, I get it now. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. We were both like cringing and we were also both like, I thought it was Albert. <laughs> <laughs> kind of undercut the pain of that a little bit. Yes. Um, But I will say about the sister and Alba slash Elba thing is that everything that kind of happened afterwards, like they were at the Christmas show and the whole family was there, including Elba. And then they were all at dinner, including maybe Alba. Like, that was really nice. <laughs> like, I yeah. liked that the parents had clearly embraced her. So I guess Marta didn't need to keep it a secret, even though, like, still Amelia Clark should not have outed her. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the story, like, really wasn't, like, about how her immigrant parents were homophobic anyway. It was just sort of, like, a thing that her sister was internally dealing with, like, her own internalized homophobia, or her own, own internalized, like, you know, ideals of what she, what she should be. Or, like, um, what she thought her parents thought she should be. Right, exactly. So there were a lot of, like, complex elements to this film that I actually enjoyed and, like, could have used, like, more of instead of this goddamn stupid heart donors thing. <laughs> but also, like, as a rom-com, it just sucks because there are no stakes. He's dead. Like, she can't... Yes, they, exactly. There, there can't be any conflict between them, like, in the actual relationship that theoretically should be the heart, haha, of this film, because he's dead. It's not a true romantic comedy. Like, it's it's comedic in ways, and it's, like, romantic in ways, but it's not... Like, it doesn't follow the formula of what a romantic comedy should be. Like, if you go in there being like, I'm gonna have a grand old time, and then be, like, so excited when they get together, you will not have a grand old time. 
yes, like they should have a relationship and then they should have a falling out and then they should get back together and your heart should swell. But your heart cannot swell because there's only one heart between these two people. (laughs) (laughs) Also, anyway, (laughs) I have to say that I think the scenes between Henry Golding and Amelia Clark's like the earnest scenes between them were probably like the weakest links for me in this film. Most of their interactions were so, like, he was so whimsical and weird. He was too fun. This was a person that was too fun. And Amelia Clark was like, you're too fun or weird. She called him weird and she was right. Say he was alive, I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you. I was really confused at the beginning when he first like approaches her and then like asks her to like go out with him for a walk. I was like, why? Why is this happening? Like she should just throw some Christmas ornaments in his face and tell him to get out because he's being so creepy and weird. Like I know he's dead, but could they not have found like a better way for him to approach? (laughs) Indeed. Couldn't they have had like a normal meet cute? But maybe it is about him like drawing her out of her like blah, blah, whatever, you know? Yeah, but, like, she goes along with him, and then he's like, look up, look up. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm tired of you already. (laughs) This is how you died, sir. (laughs) But maybe he doesn't know that. Do you think it's, like, the good place where, like, if your death was traumatic, they let you forget it? No, he was fully aware of uh, the fact that he was dead. Yes, that was a funny moment where, well, not a funny moment, but like an odd moment where they were on the bench and he was like, I have to tell you something. And she was like, married, gay. And he was like, but I wish she had let him finish his sentence because then she could have found out sooner that he was dead. Yeah, instead of like going over to his place and then realizing that it was actually for sale, like the realtor being like, man, the guy who lived here died ages ago. Um, Let's talk about best and worst. Emma Thompson said many good things. I liked when they were with the doctor and the doctor was being like, how's everyone doing? Like, mom, maybe you should go socialize, hang out with some friends. And Emma Thompson goes, all my friends were martyrs. Oh, I thought she said all my friends were murdered. Oh, could have been either. Yes, because they escaped the war. Yes, I thought it was martyrs because I was thinking of like self-immolation and things like that and like Czechoslovakia and similar, but who's to say? Could have been either. Both both could work. Um, I loved those moments of classic immigrant parent racism mm-hmm. or prejudice that we got out of her, such as when they were talking about prejudice against immigrant groups and she was like going on and on about like, this is how it starts. Like, we don't want to be blamed. And then she said, I blame the Poles. Yep, that was pretty funny. And also at the end with... Elba slash Alba, where she was being so kind and lovely to her and insulting her own children. And then her children got upset and she was like, what? What is rude? And then she said, before we eat lesbian pudding. Yes, I enjoyed that as well. (laughs) I was like, nothing could feel truer. I think I wrote down like one to two really funny lines. I enjoyed the reveal. There was like a weird joke where um, early on Amelia Clark crashes with her pregnant best friend, like, well, close friend and her husband. And it's revealed that the husband has a grudge against her because she set his matchstick galleon on fire like nine months prior. <laughs> it was a really weird like joke that I deeply enjoyed. I felt that that husband's hobbies would really speak to you. (laughs) It really would. Really would. Like finicky little model work. I love it. And then um, Michelle Yeoh said many, many funny things. Two of my favorites were when she met the German guy and he was being like, I love Christmas. And she said, 
I also love it. That is why I have this shop. And something about her delivery was so perfect. I just, I deeply, it deeply resonated with me as a Chinese person who also loves Christmas. (laughs) I also loved later when she came back from the date with the sauerkraut guy and she informed Amelia Clark that he was a sauerkraut expert. And Amelia Clark was like, you're kidding. And she said, I wish I was. Now I must learn to love sauerkraut. (laughs) But honestly, just... Her whole existence was so hilarious. Yes. And I the think fact, it was because it was her. Yes. And the fact that like she consistently is referred to as Santa. Yes. Amelia Clark fully thinks that's her name. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, one of my other favorite lines is when Amelia Clark, after she gets kicked out of that pregnant friend's house and she's like trying to find a way to like figure out where else she can crash, even though she's alienated all her friends and she like doesn't want to go back to her parents. She like sees Henry Golding and she's like, oh, you know, like I'm kind of homeless. And he's like, oh, well, let me take you somewhere. And he takes her to a homeless shelter. And then he goes, your people, the homeless. <laughs> I have that written down as well. <laughs> um... I love, so there's these two police officers who kind of have a bit part and they come, well, first let me say, I don't know if this is a worse scene exactly, but one of the like actually emotionally worst moments is that Michelle Yeoh's Christmas shop gets broken into because Amelia Clark is an irresponsible moron. Yes. And for some inexplicable reason, Michelle Yeoh keeps her on as an employee. As an employee. Yeah. She's like, don't lie. Like, I'm sure, like, I know this happened because you didn't lock up. And then she basically like confesses to Amelia Clark that in order to like collect the insurance or whatever she broke her own window and she gives such a good performance that I was really quite emotional um but the thing that I loved is that the two police officers who come to investigate like then reappear a couple of times but like as they're leaving one of them is getting on the other's case about saying Merry Christmas in like too dour a tone or something she was funny and she's being like, I'm going to record you and play it back for you so you can hear what it sounds like. And then also later, Amelia Clark is like busking on the street, basically. And one of them is being like, let's just turn a blind eye. And the other one is like, what else should we turn a blind eye to? Robbery? Arson? Murder? <laughs> but now worst lines. I have one. I think you wrote down one and I wrote down the other. Yes. So I wrote down... I'm not going to heal my heart and then give it to someone who's going to break it. And that was Amelia Clark. What? When did she say that? It's when she thinks that uh, Henry Golding is just a commitment foam, not a ghost. Okay, yes, but no, girl, he's a ghost, yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, not my first thought either, but sure. Similarly, I wrote down, take care of my heart. It was always going to be yours one way or another. Yes. Ugh. That's Horrible. When, that's basically after she figures out that he was a ghost all along and she goes back to this like special little garden park that he like kind of took her to and um, and he appears like one last time to basically say goodbye. Is the implication here that they would have been destined to be together if he had not gotten hit by that bus? Yes, I think it is. Like, I think he's saying, like, I would have found you and would have been together had I only, you know, just whoops not died. But, like, don't you think that Amelia Clark would have hated him as an actual boyfriend? Well, she was different, though, before she had the heart transplant. Oh, that's true. She was maybe pursuing her singing career or whatever. Yeah. Oh, speaking of singing careers... I must just mention that Patti Lapone appears in this film. 
Oh, yes. She has a cameo role. So does Sue Perkins. These very funny people who chose to be in this terrible movie. Yeah, for like a hot second. Yep, yep, uh-huh. yep. I also want to say that Amelia Clark. So she wasn't like a bad singer, but rhythmically, <laughs> rhythmically, <laughs> rhythmically, she was really off on her Christmas carols. And it bothered me a lot. You're like, this girl should not sing a cappella. Yeah, she was like sped up, like, you know, just like slow down. Like, I was like, oh, just willy nilly all over the place. But like, we don't know if that was intentional or not. No, I have no idea. So what would you score this film? Oh, boy. Um, I would give the not plotline parts like a six. I would give the plotline like a two. That seems to make sense because I was like, I would maybe give this movie a four. Mm-mm. So for ghost Henry Goldings, for heart transplants, mm. for bike messengers, for, for show apartments, for extremely on point literal translations of Last Christmas. This song, by the way, at the end they sing it and I have never once heard any of the non-chorus lyrics. Yeah, I discovered them recently as well. There were too many, by the way. I know this was based on Last Christmas. They did a very literal take on the lyrics of Last Christmas, but they had too many things saying Last Christmas in this film. Like the they singing, overused the song, like the singing Gibbon, like the just like all the ornaments in Michelle Yeoh's Christmas shop. I was like, this is too much Last Christmas. I expected it to come at some point, like the ending, sort of like like Christmas show song situation. Yes, that seemed fine. However, all the other iterations of Last Christmas. I could have done without. See, here's a question. Did she literally have her heart transplant last Christmas? That was not even clear, was it? Yes, it was. Because when she meets up with the realtor, he said, oh, he passed away last year at Christmas. Oh, okay. So it was literal. And she she says, like, you know, I was sick, like, last year or whatever. I mean, she doesn't specify, but then it becomes clear that it was last Christmas as well when she got the heart transplant. You know what I enjoyed? I loved seeing London at Christmas. Yes, I love that too. Thanks for bringing that up because that was actually one of the things I had thought of because we were there during the holiday season a couple years ago and it was magical. So I enjoyed the the London Christmas porn. We went to see Cursed Child during Thanksgiving and in London where they don't have Thanksgiving, it is already the Christmas season and it was really delightful. And I think about it every time I rewatch Love Actually because Love Actually, it says like six weeks before Christmas. And I was like, that's so early to be doing Christmas stuff. And then I realized it's because they don't have this like intermediate holiday where you eat turkey. Yes, I would, frankly, at this point, happily skip Thanksgiving and Fair for Christmas. So like, peace, by whatever, I don't care. Um, I would put up the tree now. You can, no one's stopping you. But then again, you are a rule follower. So that's probably why you're waiting. I actually just read an article today while I was waiting in line at Starbucks about this homeowners association who sent a cease and desist letter to this family who had put up their Christmas decorations apparently on November 1st because the they were expecting a baby like soon and like the mom was like well it's gonna be really chaotic so let's just do our Christmas decorations early and then the homeowners association was like this is too early you cannot put up your snowman you must take it down. What? And so I think next year we can all look forward to that Christmas movie with the Homeowner Association being the villain. Oh my god. And on that note, 
Thanks for listening. Uh, coming up, we will have uh, Christmas Prince Royal Baby. Very excited about that. And we will also be viewing The Night Before Christmas on Netflix because how could we not? So if you have comments or if you have any questions about those films, please write in Instagram, Twitter. Let us know. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.